I believe there is, there is a word for someone, just, 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 just let me just give this quickly. Isaiah 40, 41, Isaiah 41, um, Isaiah 41 in verse 10, Isaiah 41 in verse 10, it's just a word for someone, fear thou not for I am with thee, be not dismayed for I am your God, I will strengthen you, yes I will help you, yes I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Hallelujah. God is good. So, so last week I, I spoke about that you are anointed for impact. We are anointed to make a difference, amen. Making an impact talks about making a difference. I explained to you that an impact is something that puts a force onto something and a change happens. So if you have an impact in an accident, the car that looked all nice and good and well polished becomes dented because there is an impact, yeah? there is an impact. If you have an impact in somebody's life, it means that if you, let me, let me just give you this one from a, bad, from a bad side. If you are a smoker and a drinker and you impact a teenager's life, they end up smoking and drinking like you. That's a negative impact. It's a negative impact. And, 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 and so it's, it's very important for us to realize that impact is also about what change or difference you bring into somebody's life. So if you are a Christian like you are and you make an impact in somebody's life, that person must live a life where they move from being a sinner to a saint. Then you've made an impact. If you are somebody who has means to help and you have somebody who has no means and needs help, your impact in that person is being able to help that person from their lack of means to having means to do what they're supposed to do. Amen. And an impact is, is something that you get involved with someone who is lacking confidence and by the time they leave you, they are confident. Then you've had an impact. Yeah, or you can also have somebody who's lacking confidence and they get involved with you and they go out even more broken. You've still had an impact, but that's a negative impact. But, but Jesus anoints us for a positive impact. So Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, let's go back to there. I wanna start from the Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. We are anointed for an impact. We need to go out and make an impact. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. And the Bible says, what does it say? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And, and when he was anointed, he went out and did something. He went out and did good. So, so you've got to go out of this place and go and do something. What are you going to go out and do? You've got to go out and do good. It is not enough to enjoy the Holy Spirit in church. 
You are anointed for outside. Tell your neighbor, I'm anointed for outside. What we do in church is just to equip you, fill you up so that you can go out. The car drives into the, into the gas station or the tank station. You drive it in there. You fill up so that you can go back out. Can you imagine if all the cars just filled up and went into the parking lot by the garage? Will those cars be useful? No. Oh, welcome back. Where's your wife? Oh. And the baby? They'll come next time. All right. This is in church, so that you have to make sure that you're good with that word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Welcome back, Amos or Amos. Depends which side of the equator you come from. Imagine all the cars parked in the parking lot, full of gas or, 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 or benzene or diesel, whatever you fill them with. Imagine all those. Nowadays, you drive cars of batteries, huh? You just plugged in, well charged, batteries full charge, but they're just in the parking lot. Those cars are as good as useless because they're just parked. In fact, I was reading, you know, the VW had a scandal called Dieselgate. They have billions of US dollars they are spending every year on cars that are just parked in their parking lots. They have farms of parking spaces for all the cars they recalled back. And they are costing them billions. So I was, why are they costing them billions? It's not the parking that costs them billions. It's the maintenance to keep them ready for one day somebody might come and buy it. And I thought, wow, so many of us are costing so much because we are not emptying the gas inside of us. We are just in the parking lot needing maintenance in the parking lot. Ah, they didn't hear what I said. You, you are in church and the reason you are here is because you need some maintenance and we just keep maintaining you and keep maintaining you and keep maintaining you but you are not benefiting anyone. We keep filling you with gas, filling you with, with all the things you need, but you're not benefiting anyone. But today I want to speak to somebody who says, I'm going to produce. I'm going to go out like Jesus and do something, and that something must be good. You must go out and do good. The Bible says God filled Jesus, anointed Jesus with power, with anointing. He anointed him so that he could go out and do good. We must go out and do good. In case you think I'm, I'm not reading the Bible right, it says who went about. You can't went about if you're staying in church. You, 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 can't, you, know, you, you can't say I'm going about if all you do is, is go to church, go to study, go to eat, go back to study, come to church, go back home, go to eat. Go, you know, you, you've got to do something out of that. When, when he says he went about, he went out of his normal routines. Like on the day he sits at a well. It's out of routine. Why are you, what are you doing at a well, Jesus? sits there and a woman comes along she's a samaritan out of routine he's a jew he's not supposed to be talking to samaritans but out of his you've got to go out 
Am I speaking to someone? You've got to step out of what we are used to. We've got to go out of the church, out of, of the, the nice brethren, out of the nice brother, you know, after church, always speaking to Sister Busi. In the car, Sister Busi. At home, Sister Busi. No, I've got to go to the other people as well. And more importantly, to those that I don't call sister. So that I can end up calling them sister. You with me, church? You've you got to break beyond. Jesus went about doing good and healing all those that were under the power of the devil. I want to talk about go out and do good. Go out and do good. And, and you can't speak about the anointing and doing good unless we know about what the anointing or the Holy Spirit does. What does the Holy Spirit bear in us? And here I want you to go to Galatians chapter 5. The Holy Spirit bears a fruit in us. It bears a fruit in us. Um, and I'm very specific in saying it bears a fruit. I know many of us read that scripture and says the fruits, it's the fruit. The Bible says you shall know them by their fruit. You know a tree by its fruit. Uh, and, and fruit there. Go to the NIV as well. Just, just, just flip to the NIV and then you, you can come back to whichever one. You'll know them by their fruit. We must bear fruit. The Bible says, but the fruit. See that? I know even, you know, you, you can interpret it and translate it into all kinds of ways. I see all kinds of pictures uh, where they put one thing is a grape and another is a strawberry and another is, then you just, just don't know what tree you're looking, looking about. The Bible says the fruit if you go to an apple tree, you expect to find apples. You don't expect to find an orange and a sinus apple and whatever, and then a citron on the same tree. And then if you, if you find that, you say, what kind of tree is this? It's the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, enough of that theology. The real point is, the fruit of the Spirit has particular components that you're supposed to bear. And if you are going to say, I am anointed, if I say, I have the anointing of the Holy Spirit in us, I rubbed oil on some of you last week, it's, it's great if you have the anointing in you, you must bear fruit. You must bear fruit. Jesus went about and did good. His good was evidenced. It was seen. It was not hidden. It was visible for all to see. And so the question is, what is your fruit? What is your fruit? Is your fruit evident? If there is no evidence of your fruit, how can we connect you with the Holy Spirit? The fruit connects you with the Holy Spirit. So that when we see and say, this fruit, this person must be a Christian. Must be a child of God. When we, when we see you and, and the things that come out of you, we must be able to say, wow, this person is living the word of God. And it's not so much for us here who should see that. It's for the world out there. That's where I, that's, it's for the world out there. The world out there must see us and desire to be like us. 
they must desire to become a part of what we are by the fruit we bear, by the things we produce. And so here he writes and says, the fruit of the spirit is love, it is joy, it is peace, it is long suffering, it is gentleness, it is goodness, it is faith, it is meekness, it is temperance, against such there is no law. He, with the statement that says against such there is no law, he says there is no barrier to these things. There is no boundary. There is no boundary. There is no barrier to these things. If you have these things, you can step into any place and you will be accepted. There is nobody who will be rejected for love. You can be rejected for hatred. You can be rejected for being vile and, and lacking, lacking self-control. You will be rejected for that. Nobody wants, wants somebody who has no control. We all want somebody who is disciplined, is controlled. Don't you have it on your CV? Disciplined, <laughs> controlled. That's what we want. But you'll be rejected if you say, lack self-control. In, in undisciplined. And look at the CV and say, this one, to the bin. No need to contact them because they lack something. I'm full of hate. Write that on a CV and see how far you go. Even the devil won't want you. But, but, but you see, there is a fruit that must be seen in us and that fruit must have these, these things. There is no boundary to these things. There is no limit to these things. You know, even people that hate you, when you're able to show long-suffering and patience and you're able to show that you can withstand anything by love, in the end, they will even start to love you. Or they will just give you a break. <laughs> Sometimes they don't get to love you. They just give you a break. They just, just leave the person alone. We hate them, but... The Bible says that when, when a man is righteous and is following after God, God makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. When a man is producing fruit, even your enemies, oh, they give you a break. Sometimes it's not the prayers. You know, I love us Pentecostals. We will punch the wall. Enemy die. Enemy die. Arrow back to sender. Sometimes what you need is to produce some fruit. Everybody say fruit. What you need is some fruit. And the enemies will leave you alone. As long as Solomon walked righteously before the Lord, the enemies didn't come for a fight with him. David extended his kingdom because some actually just said, David, we will serve you. He didn't need to fight them. We will say, why? Because he was walking righteously before God. The moment he stopped producing fruit, even his sons were fighting him. Amen. So produce fruit. If the Holy Spirit is on us, if we're going to talk about having the Holy Spirit, you cannot talk about and then you turn to the other side and speak in all those tongues and not produce fruit. 
You can't go about quoting the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and not produce fruit. You can't go about and say, I'm born again, Holy Spirit filled, tongue talking, demon casting. Where is the fruit? Where is the fruit? Where is the love? Where is the love? Just, just quickly flip with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I, 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 just, I want you to, to just look at this scripture and, and know that we must produce fruit. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I even brought my old Bible to preach this. You got it? Can, can you read it for me? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, flip to the NIV, flip to the NIV, that, that says it more clear in today's simplicity. And, 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 but I have not love. If I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong. It's like, where is, where is the brother? Okay, I'll just do it myself. You know, here is a Christian who does not have love. He is going, shikarikarikarika. Oh, hallelujah. It's just so noisy because there is no love. Oh, I'm born again, I'm born again, I'm born again, born again. It's so noisy. And we need to be Christians that move from just making the gong to bringing in life to others. We need to move ourselves to start living Christianity that goes beyond the noise. Christianity that goes beyond just being known to come to church in a nice jacket and suit like me. So I come to church in a slim fit. So what? If you have no love, it makes nothing. Takes nobody to heaven. Oh, I've got the latest Gucci, Gucci and whatever, you know. So what? Just making noise. Oh, so, oh we wear DNG, they're gay. Excuse me. <laughs> so what? It's about bringing people to Christ. Showing people the love of God. Jesus went about and did good. He went about and showed people love. Where they were not accepted, he showed them acceptance. Where they were not wanted, he said, you know what? There is a place for you in the kingdom. We were far away. We were not supposed to be there. But Jesus says, I died on the cross so that you can be here also. That is the message of love that we need to go out and tell the world. Go out and tell the people around us. There is a hope. There is a hope when people are, are perishing. There is a hope. When people are down, there is a hope. And that hope is in Jesus. Jesus finds the man who was there 38 years, discouraged. You, I mean, you, 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 you need, to, if you have been trying something for 38 years and failing, you must be discouraged. And so when Jesus starts to speak to him, and, and he, he, the man's first statement is, you know what, sir? I have been here, but every time the angel comes down, I have nobody to push me in. The man at that pool, he starts to cry out and complain about what he doesn't have. 
when Jesus was there, if you look at the question of Jesus, it was not about what do you not have? But the man goes to what he does not have. Why? Because he is discouraged. 38 years. And there Jesus says, you know what? I care so much for you that I've taken my time out of all the business I had to do today just to come and help you. You don't need to go into the well anymore. Just take up your bed and go home. It's a message of love that Jesus calls us to bring. Oh my, can you, can you come back? I want you to go to the next verse. Go to, go, go to the, no, no, first, first Corinthians chapter 13. And, and it's, it's a message that Jesus wants us to bring to people who are discouraged, people that are depressed. You know, school sometimes brings people into depression. I don't need to explain that because many of you are students here. And when I don't see you at church, I ask, what's happening? Oh, there's an exam, I know. I've been there where I had to be struggling. Do I go to church or stay and read? At a certain point, I made a choice in my heart. I've never missed church for reading for an exam. It was a choice I made. But I did have the struggle. It's just that some of us struggle and choose to read and not go to church. I chose to go to church and then come back and read. And it has always worked. All the way from when I made that decision to now. It keeps on working. It's a choice that you make. But how could I make that choice? Because I got to know that I have a helper. And that helper is Jesus. And at one time, just, 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 just to let you know, at one time, my friends used to tease me in class and call me pastor. It was not because they, they liked me as a pastor. They were mocking me. So one day I went home and I prayed and said, God, I'm not going to miss church to read for an exam. But if I fail, the guys in the class will start mocking me even more. That you see, he's a pastor and he fails. And God was faithful. Doesn't mean I didn't work. Huh? Sometimes I had to go out and preach, come back home, read all through the night. Wake up, get on my bike, go for the exam. You still have to work. But because I have a helper, the pass mark one time came and I was just above the pass mark. Majority of the class had failed, but pastor was just above the pass mark. <laughs> so I could stand and say, oh, it pays for you to call me. God is faithful too. Because we need to tell the world. And you know what? Some of my friends actually got saved. Eventually because of that. Because while they were reading, I said, guys, read. I will pray what you have read. God will tell me what to read also. <laughs> and some of them eventually, I'm telling you today, honestly, they are saved. But I can tell you, first year in university, it was bad. Because when they mocked me, they mocked me hard. So when I tell you this, I'm not saying that it's rosy. I know what you go through. Stood up in the canteen one time and preached and almost got a plate of food in my face. <laughs> but when I tell you God is faithful, pastor has passed and you have failed with your plate of food. You know what you're talking about. Because we have a helper and then we can draw people to say, you know what? In your situation, I have a God. 
who is able. I have a God who is able. Can I introduce you to God? Can I introduce you to Jesus? When all hope is failing, I may not have all the answers, but I know one who has. And his name is Jesus. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith and can move mountains, but if I do not have love, I have nothing. The fruit of the Spirit must, must show the love that we get in Jesus Christ. Go to the next verse, and, 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 and it says in verse 3, it's coming, don't worry. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. So you see, it's not about the sacrifices you make. It's about the attitude and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There are many people who give everything they have, but they give it for all kinds of reasons. The corporate world gives a lot to the poor, not because they love the poor, because they get a tax break. Or they get more buyers because they appear to be social responsible. I might get in trouble with my company, but you know, you need to understand what is the motivation behind what we do. And Jesus calls us that if I've given you my Holy Spirit, your motivation is the Spirit driving you in within you to show love to the world. And so for God so loved the world, it was love that God did what he did for us. And we too, when we make a sacrifice, it must be out of love. Amen? Amen? So make your sacrifices. Give to the poor. Look after your siblings and the children of your brother and the children of your sister and the grandchildren of your grandfather. <laughs> Look after them, but do it out of love. Oh yes, I know, I'm a firstborn. And I have enough reminders from my grandparents to say, you are the firstborn of our firstborn. And you are the first grandchild. Say, oh, thank you for all the honors and accolades. And then they say, look at all these other little grandchildren. Then you know that the accolades are not so much to make you feel puffed up. There's a responsibility. And some will say, ah, remember his father has passed away. I, I, I don't need you to remind me that. I know. I was there when his father passed away. So what is the point? The point is you need to look after him. I know. So guys, when I give you what I give you, I'm not doing that because I'm just being super spiritual here as pastor. Holy, holy, no. I'm being, going through what you're going through. But the motivation must be love. Even when it is painful, the motivation must be love. Amen. Amen. Because giving is not always nice and rosy. Sometimes it's sacrifice is always painful. Something's dying. Or it means you might not go to McDonald's Oh, you guys don't go to McDonald's, it's okay. You might not go to, to, to the nice restaurant by the corner. What is it called, the restaurant that you go to? Oh, H41, they like H41. H41 has these good ribs. Ever been there? You should go try the ribs. I don't know if they're still as big as then. Huh? The last time I was in there, they were getting smaller, but you know, in every, every visit they get smaller, but, but still they have these good ribs. But it means you may not go for those ribs and just go pick one from Aldi. You know, Aldi also has ribs. They cost you four euros for a box. 
the ones in 841 cost you 20 euros for a plate. And that's just for you. If you buy the box of four euros, you can feed a family of five. <laughs> it means you may not go there and, and have to do that. It's a sacrifice. They also don't taste as good. Don't tell Aldi I told you that. But, but you know, it, it's a sacrifice that you make. And sacrifices are never easy. Otherwise, it wouldn't be called a sacrifice. <laughs> if I give somebody 10 euros, I don't think about it. If I give somebody 100 euros, I may think about it. If I give you 1,000, I've thought about it. But, but that's what Jesus calls us to do. To be able to come into places where we do things out of love. Out of love. And that even when it is like an obligation, it should be driven by love. Amen. Ob even obligations should be driven also by love. Let us just quickly go, 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 go to verse 4. And... Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Verse 5, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking. With all the couples that go through marriage counseling, I ask you to do one thing. What, what was it? Where, where, is, where, is, where, is the, where is Ernest and Florence? What did I ask you guys to do? Can you read that scripture for me? Oh, uh, you can't see. Ernest, you can see. Help, you, help your wife. Ah, why do you say Florence? Why don't you say Ernest? <laughs> I asked them to read that because suddenly when you're reading, I do not, a farai does not keep a record of wrongs and you've got this black book that you keep under your pillow of all the wrongs that you people have doing. You know, the other day, Ennis did not come on time. <laughs> Millicent did not greet me when I was at church. It's, a, it's in a black book. The other sister, you know, that other one, I can't remember her name. You know, you don't even remember her name, but she's in your black book. <laughs> and, and, and oh yeah, the other brother, he just stepped on my toe when he was going to coffee. Didn't even look back and he just walked away without. Everything is in your black book. And you know, and just, by the time you read, Fry does not keep a record of wrongs, the black book must go away. How many of us have this black book? All right, it's white. It's a, it's a white book. White book written with red ink. I was even being told the other day that in schools nowadays they try to avoid using red ink because it's too aggressive for children. Hopefully our children don't end up as sissies, but you know, it's and you've got this red book or black book, black pages written in red of all the wrongs that people are doing to you. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. It's not rude. Some of us are so rude you don't even respect even me being a pastor. You are just so rude. You know, sometimes you think, ah, let, let, let me try because I'm pastor. They will respect the title pastor. No, 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 no. Pastor, no pastor. Bishop, no bishop. It doesn't matter. Head of department, none. Head of department. Everybody's there. You're just rude throughout. God help us. 
we must, how can you then come up and say, let me introduce Jesus to you when you are so rude, you can't knock on my door. Just open and get in. I've come to tell you about Jesus. You know, hey, hello. We, we need Christians that have the respect that comes out of the love that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to be a people that are driven by the Holy Spirit. The anointing in us must show us what is the good. And that good must be able to get you to do things even across cultures. Amen. You can't excuse your bad behavior because it's your culture. Did you hear what I said? You can't excuse your bad behavior because it's your culture. The Holy Spirit goes beyond cultures. Amen. The Holy Spirit empowers us to deal with all the differences that we have. The Holy Spirit is enough to give to you to be able to deal with the Dutch, with the Germans, with the Kenyans, with the Zimbabweans, with the Nigerians, with the Puerto Ricans, with every, anybody, with the Asians. The Holy Spirit is able, more than able, to equip us with all the things we need to deal with all these people cross-culturally, interculturally. He can, He will, if we can trust Him. Amen. So there's no excuse if you say you're anointed. No excuse if you say we're anointed. There is a culture in the house of God. And we must show that culture that is driven by love. I know I'm focused so much on love because all the other, all the other components of the Holy Spirit, when you have love, you find 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about it all. It's all, you know, the not being rude being polite and, and, be, and, and being able to meet with people and connect to people in different stages and levels and wherever they are coming from. Jesus was able to speak to the woman at the well without being rude. Even when he said, go call your husband. He was not being rude or insulting. The woman was able to engage into a deeper conversation. With her. I'm quite sure if I were to say to some of you, go and call your, your, your husband, some of you will be very offended. But Jesus has a way. He speaks to the woman that instead of her picking offense to say, what is this man trying to insinuate about me? She opens up. And that's the anointing that we need. That's the anointing that we must walk with. That our words are seasoned with grace. That our words are uplifting to the hearer. Our words are building and empowering to the people around us. Amen. Amen. And so he said, go to verse 6. Verse 6 says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Verse 7, it always protects and always trusts and always hopes and always perseveres. It always perseveres. It protects, it trusts, it hopes. See, so when people are on the sick bed, and, and you are able to say, you know, there is a hope. And sometimes the hope is not about them being healed. The hope is about their soul and their spirit finding connection with God. So I've, I've prayed for some sick people and they've died. So, so when, you, when, when people die and you've been praying for them, you then know that it's not about me and about what I say. It's about what God does. So when you pray for somebody who's sick, you need to know what is the hope 
that I must give to them in the different states they are. Amen. Amen. I've also prayed for people who have been healed. The doctors don't know what happened except that the person has to go out of hospital. And some have died. And you know that God is sovereign and he holds the power to all things. But when you pray for them, what you, what you don't pray for them, say, oh, you're going to die. You're sick. You're never going to go well. You've got to give them hope. But it's a question of what is the hope you're going to put in them. And that's where the anointing of the Lord comes. Amen. And so when you pray for them, you pray for them in hope. If you think they are going to die, then change your prayer. Amen. But you pray in hope. That if maybe I may not see them walking out of this hospital, walking out of this sickness, but if they do get up of this bed, they must live a life of joy and peace. Whether they continue with the sickness, yes or no, but the days that they have, they must walk in, in with, with, uh, with a different level of joy. The sickness might be there, but it no longer governs their state of life. What governs their state of life is a spirit man that is in right standing with God. That's where we need to bring people. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so it always hopes, it always protects. Go, go to the verse, verse 8, and then I'll move back and says, love never fails. Love never fails. The anointing that we receive is an anointing that brings us to love. And that love never fails. You know, <laughs> many years ago, having some challenges in, my, in our marriage, I called my pastor. I uh, called, called, called the old. You need to have some old men that give you guidance as a young man. Amen. So I called pastor, and pastor asked me a question. says, are you loving your wife? And I thought, but pastor, if I didn't love her, I wouldn't be calling you. If I didn't love her, I'd just say, well, it's over, you know. I pack my bags out of Marika week 30, and I go back to Bonsa Steg. You find your own way, you know. But, but I'm, I'm calling you, pastor, because of love. He says, no, 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 that's not the question I asked. I said, are you loving your wife? Because love never fails. If you're truly loving your wife, love is not going to fail. Your marriage is not going to fail. Change my, my perception. Because it was like, well, she's not doing this and she's not doing that and she hasn't done that and I've tried this and she hasn't done that. I've tried, she hasn't done that. I've tried, and she hasn't done that. So, no, no, are you loving your wife? What have you done? Because love never fails. It's not about the love that you must receive. Do you hear me, church? It's about the love that you must give. You know what? It is more blessed to give. You even know how to finish the statement. <laughs> the anointing we have has to drive us to go and give, not to receive. Ah, did you hear what I said, church? The anointing we have must drive us to go out and give and not receive. The challenge with us as Pentecostals is we want to receive and receive. And re like now if I say anybody who wants to be prayed for right now so that you can receive power, you all run here to come and be prayed for. Anybody who needs money in their bank by the end of the week, you will come here to, because we are so used to receiving in the church. But we need to receive the anointing that we've already received, by the way, and go out and give. We need to go out and give. Give to the people around you. Give to your family. Give to your neighbor. Give. 
And when you give, the love never fails. Love never fails. Love never, tell your neighbor, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will stop, huh? And even tongues, they will be silenced one day. And I had one powerful person one time. They were speaking all these tongues, and one time we told them, please be quiet. We want to go on with our service. So tongues will be, <laughs> you hear? Because, you know, yeah, please stop your tongues. Now it's time for, or carry them outside. Let them go and continue with their tongues so that we can continue. So tongues will be ceased. We had even one, one person, you know, they were speaking in all these funny tongues. The Holy Spirit gives us an understanding. These are not from the Holy Spirit. We need to cast out a demon. So I told them, please stop your, your tongues. We cast out the demon and those tongues were never spoken again. You know, so, 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 so don't, don't, don't get bogged down in prophecies. And nowadays there's all kinds of trends and frenzies for all kinds of prophetic words and all kinds of prophetic preachers and you know you don't come to Pastor Fry because he doesn't prophesy enough or he doesn't know how to tell you your telephone number and your and the color of your underclothes you know this is not that that's not the prophecies that take you to heaven that's not the prophecies that bring people to salvation People travel all the way to South Africa and to wherever just to hear a prophecy. No, love never fails. The greatest thing that we have, we have the Holy Spirit, we have the anointing to enable us to go out and make a difference in our communities, make a difference in the people we are living with. We have that Holy Spirit. You don't have to travel far away to receive it. You have that Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is available for you right now, right here, as long as you believe. The Bible says how Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit and power and went about doing good. This is the good that you need to go out and do. And so in, in rounding off, I want you to go back to, to, to Galatians, to the scripture in Galatians. And in the scripture in Galatians, it says the fruit of that spirit is love. I, I'm sure you understand now that you, you have a reference for love. And then it goes on and says it is joy. You see, where there is love, joy will follow. This is why I said it is one fruit. And I struggle when people try to put an orange for joy and an apple for love. It's one fruit. It's one fruit. It may need to mature. Oh yes, thank you, you found it. It may need to mature in, 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 in the different stages like all fruit matures. Starts off small and starts off most of the time bitter and hard. But as it matures, it becomes sweeter or develops the right taste. Because not all fruits are sweet. But then they must develop the right taste and that comes with time with maturity as it develops you must develop until you have the components where there is love joy will follow and where there is joy there must be peace and 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 there's long suffering long suffering talks about patience patience suffer long tell your neighbor suffer long no, I, I know we are, we are in a world where things must be instant. I was reading about Tesla and all these electric cars and the challenge they have right now is how do you make the charging of the battery as instant as somebody who goes to fuel his car? See, it takes me less than 10 minutes to drive from my house to that gas station, put the hose in, fuel it up, walk into the store, and I'm gone. 10 minutes. 
but if I have to do that with an electric car, I have to leave it there charging for a longer time to fill up. So how can they, how can they make it as almost as instant as a plug in and plug out? And you're good. That's where the technology is going. Beyond the self-driving, it's how can I go to Groningen with my car and come back without having to charge it for one hour before I drive back? It's an instant generation. We love WhatsApp because it's more instant than email. That's why now more and more people move away from email to WhatsApp, to Messenger. Instant Messenger, that's how we called it in the beginning. Now we call it WhatsApp and Snapchat and Instagram and Instachat and all those kinds. Because it's, it's just a chat, it's quick. But you must suffer long. Tell your neighbor, suffer long. Be patient. Be patient. It's going to take some time before your neighbor changes. I'm preaching to someone. They've given their life to Jesus. It's two months now. They've not come to church. But we're still on it. Are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. Is everything good? Yes, I'm good. Oh, yeah, pastor, things are, you know, here. Oh, it's okay. I'm praying for you. They're there. Hi, how are you? They wrote me this long message about the excuses why they'd not come to church. I just said, hi, it's okay. Two months now. Maybe we'll go to three. I had somebody else that we, four years, we were preaching to them. And not even preaching by telling them, Jesus saves. Are you okay? You good? I'm good too. Let's go watch some football. You know, oh, but now I have to go to church. Everything fine with your family? Mine is okay too. We're just connecting. Then one day, can you come to church? And then they came to church and they gave their life to Jesus. But you have to suffer long. You get what I'm saying, church? You have to be patient. The wife is not changing. Who said they are instant coffee? You need to grind the beans. Say grind the beans. If you're going to make a good coffee, you need to get those beans. Roast them. Roast them really hard. Sometimes your wife just needs a harder roasting. And, 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 and you know, so be patient. Because it just takes time. Come on, the poor guy. You've almost thrown him out the window. No, just keep him in the house. He just needs a bit more crushing. Put the blender on high. Let him go. If, it was, if the instruction is said 10 minutes, but he's still hard like this, just put it for another 10. Be patient. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? Suffer long. And it's the same with people. I, I, I loved when the teenagers did their play the other day, and they, and they, they, they said they showed me trying to preach to people in the street and this guy asked me why are you suffering yourself it was super cold that day but you know that guy is born again today and he's still a Christian it was 2006 when I suffered long in that cold and up to today the guy and his family are Christian but when I was going through that suffering I was suffering it was super cold. I mean, to get out my hand out of the glove and give him the flyer respectfully, my hands froze. But 
Today he's a child of God. Are you with me, church? I, I've seen people who you wanted them to change quickly so that they could start preaching and they didn't. Ten years in church and they never preached a sermon. But we were still working on them. And the day they preached, you say, wow! <laughs> they can preach! Finally, why? Because we need to put it in. The anointing in us helps us to do that. And, and, and the next one is, 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 is gentleness. Oh, we must be gentle. We must be gentle. When I realized I was not gentle, I prayed all night long and said, God, you need to make me gentle. And thank God he did that because my wife found me gentle. <laughs> if you want to know the rest of it, you can ask it in a quieter moment. And, and, and you must be good. And we must have faith. Must be people of faith. And, and we, we must be meek or humble. It's humility. You humble yourself. Don't let God humble you. Humble yourself. And, and we must be a people who are temperate or self-controlled. And against such, there is no law. Let's stand to pray. Stand to pray. I want you to make a prayer for yourself first. To make a prayer for yourself and, and say, Lord, help me to bear the right fruit. Help me to bear the right fruit and let my fruit be complete. Because sometimes, sometimes we don't have a component of the fruit. Sometimes we're not yet mature in a component of the fruit. We are, we are very kind, but we lack the patience. So it spoils our kindness. Sometimes we are, we are very, we, we want to show love and when we are loving, we, but then we lack self-control and that becomes a spoiler of the fruit. But I want you to pray and say, God, Lord, help me wherever I still need to develop. See, I, I still, as a Christian, I'm still praying for these things that they might show more and more in me, that they might show more and more in me each and every time. Each and every time, when I thought I was gentle, I was confronted with situations that made me go back and pray. And maybe today, wherever, whatever state you are, you need to pray and say, Lord, I pray that the fruit in me may be complete. Say, Holy Spirit, anoint me that I may do good with the right fruit, that my fruit may be right. Just make that your prayer. Make that your prayer as an individual. Pray and ask the Lord in the name of Jesus. Oh God, oh Lord, thank you. Make my fruit complete. Oh, how Jesus was anointed, went about doing good because his fruit was made complete by the Holy Spirit. I pray that my fruit will be evident, will be complete. Lord, my Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, where we are lacking love, I pray that we will have love. Where we are lacking joy, lacking peace, where we are lacking patience and we are lacking gentleness and meekness, I pray that God, the love of the Holy Spirit in us will drive us, oh God. Father, that Jesus, we will bear fruit, oh God, the fruit of righteousness, oh God, that Lord Jesus, we will be self-controlled and we will be humble. My God, that Jesus, we will walk, oh God, in faith and in goodness, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, I pray. 
I pray that, Father, as we will walk out of this place, Lord, we will go out to show the fruit of goodness, the fruit of goodness, the fruit of goodness, the fruit of goodness, where we will bring hope and we will bring life to the people around us. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that, Jehovah, you will bring us to that place where our fruit will be evident. In the name of Jesus, I want you to hold the hand of your neighbor. Just hold the hand of your neighbor across the church. And I just want us to pray and say, God, oh Lord, anoint us for that impact and let us bear fruit. That's your prayer. Say, Father, just repeat after me. Say, Father, anoint us with your Holy Spirit that we may bear fruit and do good. Make that prayer for your neighbor. Make the prayer for your neighbor right across the church, right across the church, right across the church. Oh, we're going to live like Christians. We're going to show our lives like Christians. We're going to go out and, and show what the Bible says, what God says, what God calls us to do in the name of Jesus. Oh God, oh Lord, my Jesus. I pray for your church that Lord God we will be a loving church that we will be a loving church that we will be a loving church that we will bear fruit of the spirit that we will bear fruit of the spirit we will bear fruit of the spirit we will bear fruit of the spirit oh God Mandaya God, we will not be noisy gongs, but God, we will be a people, a church, oh God, that shines your light. Father, salt to the world, light in the darkness, in the name of Jesus, by the fruit we bear. Lord, where there is no joy, I pray that we will bring joy. Where there is no hope, I pray that we will bring faith. Oh my God, where there is discouragement, I pray that God, we will bring, and, and will bring peace, oh God and we will bring heavenly father lord patience into situations oh god that are not moving oh god i pray where there is fear there will be faith and love in the name of jesus oh god where there is lack of discipline we will bring self-control god i pray help us to be the light of the world the light of this community the light oh god in our church in in our neighborhoods in our schools the light oh god in, in, our, in our classrooms, oh God, in our workplaces, Jesus. Help us to be the light. Help us to shine in the darkness. Light as we go and light as we come. In Jesus' name we pray. With our eyes closed, I want to pray for anybody who says, I want to make that commitment. You can let go of your hands. I want to just make a commitment to the Lord to rededicate my life just want to surrender a part of my life that I'd not surrendered make that commitment to the Lord with your eyes closed just raise your hand if you want to make that prayer and I'll pray for you I'm just committing a part of my life that I'd never surrendered to Jesus but I have heard about the fruit of the Spirit and I want to I want to surrender it to Jesus. Father, I thank you for those that have raised their hands. I pray that God, you will touch their lives, Holy Spirit, and empower them with your grace. I thank you that you are, you are more than able to help us. 
to step over and out of our boundaries and the places, oh God, where we have struggled or the places where we've not surrendered. And as they surrender, Lord, today by their show of hands, I pray that Jesus, you will meet with them, help them, Lord God, that Father, they will draw near to you, elevate them spiritually, Lord, from today onwards. Father, I pray that Jesus, they will come back and testify of the change and the transformation as they live their life for you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let the church give a clap offering unto Jesus.